up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, as usual, in the LTD studios, and I I got D-Boy alongside me again today. What's going on, D-Boy? What's happening? Happy to be back, man. Me too, me too. Another week, another episode, another day, another dollar. We had it. 2019 been good so far. I'm excited for all this. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um... Definitely make sure you all go to the website, wakeupandwin.com. That's wakeup, the letter N, win.com for merchandise. Um, be sure to go there and make a purchase in support of this podcast. Um, also, I talked about it a bit last week, but um, Street Roots did do an article on me. You can go to news.streetroots.org if you want to find that article. That's news.streetroots.org. And uh, just scroll down a little bit. It'll be there. It'll be in the vicinity for you to be able to see and check out. Um, But thank you all for coming back and for the new listeners. We appreciate you for being here as well because, uh, woo, do we got a lot to get into today. It's been a crazy week, man. (laughs) It has been hectic. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I want to give y'all a fair warning that today... I will have a roller coaster of shit to say. A lot of emotions, a lot of content, a lot of stuff you might agree or disagree with, but we talking about it. Yeah, I got a roller coaster of things to say. Um, last week, I mentioned that there actually wasn't much content to talk about because uh, it was the first week of the year. Everybody was kind of getting back in the rhythm and the rotation and not in of real pajamas. life. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you had the holidays going on. A lot of people took breaks. A lot of people took trips to visit family, us included. Um, and you kind of just were able to get away from the regular things you do and kind of real life rotation that you're used to being in. And um, I, I don't blame any of you for doing it. As I mentioned, we did it here, too. Um, but I will say one thing, um, that was last week. If you're still in that mode where you haven't gotten back in regular rotation, if your real life isn't back to real life and you're still in holiday mode, it might be an ugly 2019. I I feel one or two ways. I, I wouldn't say it might be an ugly 2019, but I do feel either one of two ways. The first way is you're doing really, really good for yourself and I want to know what it is that you're doing so that I can do it and that I can have the privilege and the leverage to be able to do that because obviously you're sitting pretty right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we 10 days into the year. Um, you're able to still chill and relax. A lot of us don't have the privilege to be able to do that. So I'm commending you if that's the case. you got that luxury because I don't. D-Boy, I don't think you do either. Hey, I know some people that's chilling without that luxury. <laughs> that's the problem. Now. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. If you're a person who's still chilling, the other way that I feel about you is that I don't want to have a clue what it is that you're doing. And I want to stay far, far, far away from you because I don't want to get involved even remotely in whatever it is that you got going on. (laughs) I'm good. I just don't want to do it. I'm going to stay away from it. I don't need those problems. I don't need the trouble that may come with it. I'm not trying to run that risk. I'm cool. I'm I'm staying away. You keep doing you. I'll keep doing me. And all is fine fine and well. But um, 
Now that, you know, this week is here, like I said, it's a lot to cover. Obviously, you got the NFL playoffs in full effect right now. And uh, we'll definitely get into some of the things surrounding the NFL playoffs. Um, we'll have our Take and L segment once again. Um, definitely will have a Portland-centric topic. I'm thinking about even doing a bonus segment today. Um, we'll see, just depending on how the conversation goes and how things carry on throughout this episode. Because uh, with a lot that's going to be talked about, I really can't tell you the, dire the direction that things are going to go. But it's going to go somewhere. So we'll see about that bonus episode. Um, but... The first topic that I do want to talk about and acknowledge is the Surviving R. Kelly documentary that came out. But before I do that, I do have a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick because um, this past week, obviously, this R. Kelly documentary has been talked about and discussed everywhere. Um, if you're on social media, I'm pretty sure you've seen it in one form or another on one of your timelines, whether it be Facebook, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's been everywhere. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, I did see the documentary. I was able to watch the documentary. And I have a group chat. I have a group chat with some of my closest friends in the world. Um, we're actually more like brothers and sisters. We, do, we refer to each other as brothers and sisters. And so we're talking about the documentary in the group chat, and all of us got a little bit to say here and there. Right. Um, two girls, two boys, Courtney, Michaela, and Rodney, and myself. And um, so as we were kind of talking about it and discussing it, I mentioned in the group chat that I was going to discuss the R. Kelly Pac, I mean, the R. Kelly documentary or docu-series right here on the podcast. And Courtney, who's really, really close to me, love her to death, she was happy, but she was also, like, shocked. She was shocked that I was going to discuss that here on the podcast. Hmm. So I was kind of confused, and I definitely felt a little bit type of a way because of it because she basically said that I figured you talk a little bit more about sports on the podcast and you wasn't really going to get into this whole R. Kelly docuseries. Sports, politics, and culture. Wake up and win. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was the thing. We here on this podcast, but also Courtney's not the first person that I've heard say that in regards to the podcast. Now, right. now I know that I've been playing sports my entire life. and I've A lot had, of sports references. Yeah, I've had a lot of success in doing so. Um, I hosted a sports radio show in the top 25 media market. Um, that definitely matters. And even if you do go on my social media, majority of what you will see is sports related. So I get how that how that perception could yeah. come about in regards to this particular podcast. Mm -hmm. Newsflash, though. That ain't it. This podcast is a lot more complex than that. Facts. I'm a lot more complex than that. D-Boy's a lot more complex than that. Facts. Now, I do want to say, I know Courtney knows that I'm a lot more complex than that because she knows yeah. me as good as anybody. Yeah. So this isn't really a knock to her. I mean, she definitely did say it, and I'm using her as an example, but this isn't the first time that I've heard this. Um, and she's been around athletes her entire lives. Hell, she dates one. So, I mean, right, right. I know she knows the complexity of athletes, but here on this podcast, many of the things that we discuss, even though they may be sports-related, it usually has to do with the business surrounding sports, True. with the politics surrounding sports, with things that are going on off the field, off the court, off the track. Very political. You name it. Very we, political. I mean, uh, some examples. 
Le'Veon Bell not being able to agree to a contract. We all deal with those real-life issues of deciding what job to take or not to take. Salary. And salary and negotiating and all of that good stuff. Um, we discussed Dwight Howard when he had his allegations going on out there and of being gay and homosexual which quieted up pretty quick in my opinion absolutely it did quiet up pretty quick but we definitely discussed that because i mean that's really a a part of stance than just sports than just sports you know we didn't talk about how many rebounds dwight howard was grabbing or how many whatever it was that he was grabbing for sure (laughs) in this case but we definitely dig deeper into that um, local and, politics, even local as far politics as when that was going on. In absolutely, and the new Bueller and, stuff yeah, and all of sure. that kind of stuff. And heck, I work for a political newspaper. The the newspaper publication that I work for is more of a social justice paper. Shout so out to Street Roots. I'm into that. That's definitely what I'm into. And. I'm not here trying to be ESPN or anybody else and try to talk about. I mean, and we can in some instances, and we definitely definitely can use on-court production, on-field production to support a lot of the topics that we discuss here. But that's usually not the focal point of whatever it is that we're discussing True. in relation to sports, in relation to athletes, et cetera, et cetera. You see where I'm going there. Just to make that clear. We even talk about rape culture here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had Jessica Luther come on here and discuss um, her book. Um, she was a New York Times bestseller, uh, Unsportsmanlike Conduct, The Politics of Rape in College Football. Um, and we discussed those type of things as well. And obviously, that's going to just segue right in here to this R. Kelly situation. There's a correlation there. Now, with this oh R. Kelly God. docu-series. <laughs> Damn, R. Kelly. Damn. I don't, I don't want to laugh because it's really not a laugh matter. It's not funny at all. It's but... not funny Damn. at all, but I know that things are definitely going to get hectic here. But I watched, I was able to go through all six episodes of the docu-series. And first off, I want to say that I think the production of it was absolutely phenomenal. It was. Um, I think that Things were laid out pretty thorough, pretty clear as far as some of the things that R. Kelly allegedly has been partake partaking in. Um, I think I got a good understanding and we got to see a lot of raw emotion um, from some of the victims who have survived being a part of this R. Kelly ring, for lack of a better term. Right. Um, we got to hear a lot of people that are very close to R. Kelly discuss you know, some of the things that they may have or may have not seen or been a part of, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but to me, what stood out the most were the reactions. Um, obviously, a lot of us had to say on, uh, a lot of us had a lot of things to say on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of that good stuff. Um, and I think there was a lot of quick reactions because this docuseries made many people feel many types of ways. Um, But one thing that caught my attention, one thing that caught my attention was Julie DeCaro. Now, Julie DeCaro, for those of you that don't know, um, she's a sports journalist based out of Chicago, Mm -hmm. which is also where R. Kelly is from. And she posted a tweet that ended up being trending on Twitter. And it was a quote tweet. And it said, it asked a couple questions, actually. And I'm going to read it here. It said, how many of us went to high schools where there were always rumors about the football coach and underage girls or a favorite history teacher or an older guy who came to all the parties. And 
the direction that I think that she was going with that tweet is was kind of talking about um, how normal it is to have these things happen in many of our communities. Now, mm-hmm. when I went to high school, I actually did see things of this nature happen there. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of instances, I do actually agree with where Julie DeCaro was coming from. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people coming out and saying um, they're speaking out on a lot of things that they may have seen. I'm not going to say to the extent of R. Kelly, not by any but means, but still, definitely. Even still, back when you know you witnessed or seen what you seen in high school, it's still that wasn't normal. It, w- it still was such a big deal because it wasn't normalized. It wasn't very popular or you well, know put on front street you know well it was wrong and it deserved to be put on on front street but what i think she was getting at is um a lot of people share these kind of instances in common pretty much like they've seen something like this in their lifetime even if it was like for example I saw it in high school. I witnessed it in high school. I'm not going to get into the story just based out of respect for certain people that were involved in that situation. Right, right. But you might not have seen that at your high school. But 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 I saw it at my high school. What I saw was older men picking up high school girls. That, that same situation. That's included you know what I mean? right here. Yeah. That's included in this tweet. I've seen, yeah. That's included older in this Older guys co- picking up, you know, R. high Kelly school girls. Kelly was an older guy. And the high school girls being mind blown and feeling like they was winning because they attracted a dude that was older per se and had money and established adulthood in their eyes absolutely so she said that she mentioned that here in this tweet so when i say that it was a norm i'm not saying it as if the act was normal or it's something that should be normalized yeah, she was just saying I'm we've saying all that, heard of that story or even yeah. whether it was for play player or for real where it was like like she said, the history teacher or right, the coach. Right, right. It's you. common. There's a commonality there amongst many people. And Sick commonality. It's definitely something that many of us don't like to see, to discuss or talk about. But I saw a lot of people on social media that came out and really, really, like, trashed a lot of the people that were a part of this docuseries. Um, obviously, one of them was the tour manager, R. Kelly's tour manager. The his, brother. His name slips me. Yeah, the brother, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, I think he was a little out there myself. Um, but the tour manager in particular, uh, the lady, the other lady whose niece um, had gotten, who was a part of the sex tape, allegedly, right, where right. he peed on her. Um, you just had many different people coming out and criticizing these people for coming out, for having the bravery to come out onto this docu-series and talk about some of the things that R. Kelly did. And I'm not here to tell anybody how to think or how to feel when it comes to something as nasty as what R. Kelly allegedly has going on. Mm -hmm. But I definitely felt that some we need to pump the brakes a little bit when pretty much canceling a lot of these people. And here's why. If it's common or if it's normal that we see these types of things happening in society as a whole, whether it be high school or like like you said, the teacher or whatever the case may be, if it's normal, a lot of people see that as they're they're not uncomfortable necessarily when it happens. And what I mean by that, that? they can turn the other cheek to that. Exactly my point. Exactly my point. Mm. If I I can talk about me myself personally. Um, I remember in college when I was playing college basketball, um, each year that I played at Pacific University, 
our coach had a lady come in and she did kind of like a seminar for us. Mm -hmm. And the seminar was basically to teach us what consent was. It was to talk about um, it was to talk about what to do and what not to do. It was basically just talking about rape culture amongst college campuses and what we could do as athletes to, to avoid it. being a part of that culture, to prevent that from happening, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll be honest with you, when we had those seminars, those seminars couldn't end fast enough for me. Uncomfortable. I was more uncomfortable listening to the seminar than I was hearing about issues like I was ready to go. I wasn't uncomfortable because I had been a victim of anything. Right. I just kind of was like, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I don't really boring. care to hear it. Not, not, not even boring. I just didn't have an interest in it because I kind of had a thought process that was different from maybe a victim or somebody who did support rape victims. I was one of those people that kind of had a thought process as an athlete, especially that we're commodities, that sometimes women could set us up in a lot of cases, For sure. et cetera, et cetera. It happens. So, I was just kind of like, uh, I'm not really here for that. I don't really want to hear this. And as I mentioned, I have seen these types of things while I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And when I saw these things happening in high school, I wasn't necessarily the person out there snitching or being against it right. or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I was not that guy. I was right. young. I was a minor. But I just was not that guy. Blind eye once again. Now totally different situation. I feel like my reaction now to some of the things that I seen or witnessed, I would have an entirely different uh, reaction from when I was 16 years old. Right. Also, but yeah. Also, when it comes to those seminars that I didn't listen to, I remember I, I hosted a colloquium at Pacific University as well, and we had a lot of sports activists come, Jessica Luther being one of them. When I kind of changed my mentality about rape culture, especially in regards to sports, but I think that is kind of carried over into other aspects of life as well, was when I got to sit down and have a nice, good, thoughtful conversation with Jessica Luther because there were some things in her book that I disagreed with. Right. We were able to sit down. We were able to talk about it. I was able to show her and tell her my side of things and what I disagree with. She was able to show me and tell me her side of things that she may have disagreed with as did far as I was concerned. Did most of it come to a agree to disagree type of thing or did it? Did you guys cross over each other's we, opinion? We, we crossed over each other's opinion and I think we both left the situation with, with different outlooks. Not necessarily different outlooks. We might have had different outlooks coming into it, but I think both of our outlooks actually led to us knowing that we still wanted to reach a common goal and that was to decrease to minimize or quite frankly to get rid of rape culture in regard to sports or any other aspect of life now when i think about these people that came onto these docuseries and they were a part of and around r kelly when he was committing or allegedly committing a lot of these what i would call crimes for them to finally be able to come out and be brave enough to come out and say what it was that they were doing, where they were, that to me was commendable and I'm not ready to cancel them right away, although they were a part or they may have played a part in some of the disturbing things that R. Kelly was doing. That's what I'm getting at. 
Okay. Because Jessica and I were able to talk about things and say, okay, you know what? I'm learning from you. I can tell you right now, I got no problem with people coming and speak out. That's Absolutely. one thing I'm not against at all. But but th- but I'm that's not. the thing. I think that we got to be more methodical <clears throat> in understanding that a lot of people have kind of normalized this rape culture. So a lot of them aren't speaking out because they may be scared of something. They so, don't want to go to jail. So they to don't want to be criticized. Tweet, oh, bring it back to that tweet. What was her point with saying that? Like the norm. Like, was that the point that it's so normal? Like, but what was she saying? Like, yeah, I, was, was she defending I, or standing I, for what? No, no, she. I, I don't think it was a matter of defending. I, I, I think she defends victims. I kind of pretty much know based on the personality, the journalist that right, she is, right. that she's defending the women and the kids, and that she's not defending R. Kelly. So that's why I think she was shining. I think she was shining a light that this culture has been a specific way for a long or time. Or has been a victim and, of this. And people are hearing yeah, about this. On both surrounded. ends of the spectrum. So where, From yeah. the victim spectrum to, yeah, the older guys, the pedophiles, the, the, the rapists, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. This culture mm-hmm. has existed for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's more normal for a lot of us than we may think. But we just had a light shone upon it through this docuseries. And now we're talking about it. Mm. That's interesting, and that's interesting to me because, especially with this R. Kelly uh, case in particular, and I'll call it a case now since he is being investigated. Yeah. That just went public, correct? Yeah. But um, what's interesting to me is that we've heard, I know personally, in my 29 years of living, I've heard multiple times that R. Kelly was potentially a pedophile. For sure. We know dating back to... One of one of Dave Chappelle's most famous segments Absolutely. with the "I want to piss on you" type of thing, correct? Absolutely. That was in reference to R. Kelly, and we knew that. Yeah. My biggest thing, and it kind of proves to me right now, is that people tend to wake up when it's visual, and when Dave Chappelle did it, it was through a form of comedy. Yeah. Which goes back to what you said: is that it's damn near so. Normalize, normalize that, that we were able to, became, laugh it that off. We able to laugh it off <laughs> exactly, for sure. One of exactly. his biggest segments to date, like I said. Um, it The things that we're hearing, we obviously heard a lot of new content through this docuseries, but a lot of this stuff we've already heard or has been hinted at, correct? Absolutely. And I just think that it's crazy that the power of visual, social media, even though this docuseries was on TV, it was quickly transferred into social media through tweets, through clips. I didn't even personally see the whole docuseries, but I've listened to multiple victims' interviews that have been made public on YouTube and right. such things like that. So I just think that it's crazy to me that this kind of stuff is so normalized that we don't go and get outraged about it as a masses until it's visually put out there. I'm glad you said that. And the thing is... Ultimately, what I was getting at in all of this is that I don't think it's ever a time where it's too late for us to become outraged. I don't think it's ever a time, even though the tour manager in the docuseries might have forced some papers for R. Kelly to marry Aaliyah when she was only 15 and he forged a paper saying that she was 18. Him coming Mm. out and saying that, yeah, that's sickening. I'm not here to tell anybody how to feel about him. Right, right. But... 
me personally, I'm happy that he's coming out and saying that, hoping that that can eventually shift the culture, shift what he thought was normal, shift what a lot of people that we may have seen or I been around with that, think though, is normal. Only? I'm not saying he shouldn't go to jail. Who I'm not shouldn't? saying that the, the, the tour manager okay, that forged the okay, paperwork. Okay. I'm not, saying, right. that, well, I'm not yeah, okay. saying that he doesn't deserve yeah, I was any say, consequences. I'm not, he's not just as... Guilty, but he holds guilt to that no matter how late or far along he's gotta, that is. He's got to live okay, with that. Okay, I, I'm, I'm okay. saying that 100%. But what I'm also saying is if we want more people to come out and speak on these things so that the masses, even though it may trigger some people, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but if we want to see sweeping changes happen within this culture, mm -hmm. we need people to speak out whether they did something wrong or, or whether not. they seen something or mm -hmm. whatever the case may be in order for these sweeping changes to happen. Because had he not said anything like that, we're not as outraged right now. But Correct. we need to be outraged because there's never a time where it's too late for us to be outraged. It's never a time where it's too late for us to shift this rape culture and from what it was, what it is, to what we to, want it to be. According to some commentary that you actually share with me from R. Kelly, uh, R. Kelly seems to think otherwise, that it is too late. Didn't he make a comment Absolutely. saying that y'all should have came at me 20, 30 years 30 ago? 30 years ago, right, right, which right. He, he said been doing this for 30 years. years. Exactly. And we're all well, we're not all against R. Kelly, but I'm definitely not here to defend R. Kelly. I don't think you're here to defend R. Kelly no, either. That's it. And that's the point that I'm getting at. For him to say that to me is disgusting. Okay, I got <laughs> an disgusting. interesting question for you Go on ahead. a personal level for this situation. Yeah, for sure. Do you understand or believe in a separation? Damn near, basically, do you feel like artists, when you become of a certain status, that you get basically two personalities or two persons? Meaning, I hear a lot of people saying, I'm not going to stop listening and respecting R. Kelly. I love R. Kelly, but as the man Robert or whatever. music. Like, so, yeah, yeah, you get what I'm Robert saying? Kelly. It's kind of like me as an artist. If I go do something and they like, I'm still rocking with D-Boy because I love his music, but I can't kick it with him. Or like, do you believe in that being a thing? Or you think that once you tarnished and once you washed, you washed? No, I, my thing is I would advise people not to play both sides in this situation. Um, but for mm. the people that are playing both sides in the situation, ultimately the point that I'm trying to kind of beat with the stick here is that I'm willing to do what I can to lure you in to come into my side. I'm not going to give up on you because you are trying to separate the when two. When you say playing both sides, what you mean? With the playing the R. Kelly side and playing the Robert Kelly side. I personally okay, okay. see them both okay. as the same person. Uh, okay, I Me see too. both as Me too. I see them as one and the same. I, I can't stand to listen to the music. I now. see them as one and the same. But like I said, with this being so normalized, with us hearing about many it's not artists, surprising it's for not you to surprising hear for me to hear, to hear those kinds of takes because this is what a lot of people have gotten used to, have gotten accustomed to, whether it was intentionally or not. This is kind of what's been instilled in them over time. And that's why, unfortunately, even seeing, even seeing <laughs> a statement or a comment or whatever that I watched my aunt put on Facebook and I understood where she was coming from, even though I didn't agree with it. And it basically just supported what I said. She was like, everybody just kind of jumped ship, hear about this docuseries and watch it. And now everybody is non R. Kelly. But, you know, before this was made visually and basically put out there in this past week, how it was put out, 
everybody swept under the rug all the stuff we already knew or heard nobody dug into it as deep and i'm not gonna say nobody but once again i'm talking to masses when i say he wasn't boycotted and talked about and looked at as a sicko we've seen him i've seen personally him post clips with it looked like underage people grabbing at his right you know what i mean right. his private areas and all of that and so right. I just, I, I agree with, I see what she meant, even though I don't agree with it, that it's like, now all of a sudden y'all not gonna play his music and y'all anti-R. Kelly when we already been hearing about this for years Can and y'all been something? playing, the, you know, all, all his greatest hits. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I'm that person. Yeah. That's why I laid out. Mm -hmm. I seen things like this happen mm -hmm. in high school mm -hmm. and I wasn't the guy necessarily against it. So you said I you went to these seminars. Yeah. I went to both of these seminars in college and it was through yeah. one ear and out the other. Ready to go. It didn't change my practice? mentality. Yeah. But when I finally talked to Jessica Luther it about clicked. it, Something it clicked, clicked for me. Yeah. So ultimately what I'm saying is I've been through that process of hearing it over and over and over so and over and then finally the it clicked for me. That's why I commend the series because it got a lot of it got things to click for a lot of people i'm happy about that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it got the people Good that point. was a part of the docuseries to it got it to click for them yeah. and it got it to click for many other people it even got that point that i just made to click for me for right. me to discuss it here on the podcast mm -hmm. was damn i was that person yeah, I was that person that fed into the normalization of this hideous behavior. Mm -hmm. I was the person that in high school was okay with this. Mm -hmm. I was the person that in college to an extent that was okay with this. Mm -hmm. It's just now that I'm starting to change because I've obviously got to study some things. I've had, I've gotten a hear about it time right. and time again for it to finally click right but it did click mm -hmm. and i'm happy that it did click so i'm not going to sit here and criticize another person that it may or may not have clicked for yet because i know it took more than once for things to click for me mm -hmm. and and do you think do you think more so the conversation with jessica luther or you think the fact because i'm not a parent you are yeah absolutely i see a lot of that comparison too yeah do you for think sure the fact of being a parent i think intensifies I think, this for a lot of people where i've heard people personally say well when dave Chappelle did this or when i first heard about this i wasn't a parent but i'm a parent now and yeah. i feel like i would you know it, it absolutely intensified things for me mm -hmm. but um when I did that colloquium, I think was when it definitely, when it like clicked and then becoming a parent, it just intensified and it built upon what I learned in talking with Luther. So for me personally, yes, being a parent matters in this situation. Yeah, but the conversation but where it clicked for me yeah. was in that conversation right. that I've had time and again, that I've been a part of time and again, and it didn't click before. So for the people that may have seen the sex tape years ago and was able to laugh it off through a Dave Chappelle skit, I get that. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> I, I get do that. you think R. Kelly will do a significant or any amount of jail time? Eventually, yeah. I, I do think eventually he'll do some jail time, um, but you know I, I I don't think it'll be like tomorrow or like no, this no, year. No, no, it's gonna but, be an yeah, ongoing long I mean, I mean, even series watching, of investigations. Even, I the, even watching the docu series, um, the investigation that he had with the whole I believe it was the sex tape investigation. He had a couple, but if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it was the sex tape investigation. Mm -hmm. Even though he ended up being not guilty, that investigation lasted like six years. <laughs> right. So right. I mean, I mean, and one thing about R. Kelly, he got money. Um, one, 
think, first of all, about Dream Hampton. Dream Hampton was the lady who produced this docuseries. The reason why I think this docuseries was as prominent as it was was because she was very methodical in how she put things together. Mm -hmm. R. Kelly and this entire ring situation and being able to get into these young girls' head and sometimes even older girls and women's heads, he's very methodical in what it is that he's doing. Ultimately, what I'm saying, even with this entire situation, it took multiple times for things to click. I know that we're speaking based out of feeling and emotion right now, but I think we need to become more methodical in yeah. trying to change this culture. I was personally so, surprised it I, was even legal for them to even put this docuseries together because I wasn't <laughs> sure that all of this information is even... You know what I mean? Because yeah. you get that side too to where are they trying to tarnish, you know, but... Like I said, that's a whole nother argument because yeah. he's guilty as charged, as, as I'm concerned, yeah. right? as will be charged. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it. yeah. All of this is alleged. I think he'll be methodical and he'll have his legal team together and they'll be sharp to try to help him be not guilty again. Um, but like I said, I, I'm just more so happy that those people did come out and speak out because we need a lot of people that haven't spoke out on these issues before, whether they were on the right or wrong side of things, to speak out now. Never and to too continue late. to speak out never it's too never late. too late that's ultimately what i'm getting at and i think that is that's a methodical like i said and ultimately can help change and shift rape culture as a whole um next up we're going to talk a little bit about the nfl it's playoff season right now but um we'll talk a little bit about what's going on on the field but once again more so i want to talk about some of the things surrounding the playoffs so keep it locked it's the wake up and win podcast with devon pouncey Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. And we're back. And uh, that was a good segment there on that R. Kelly stuff, yes, man. Well, I mean, it, it, yeah, it was a yeah, good segment. I mean, for what, it, for what it's worth. Horrible topic as far yeah. as, you know, I hate to have to cover that. For what it's worth, absolutely. Yeah, sure, I, like I said, sure. I, I just truly believe that. You know, people, we, we got to be, I know, like I said, I'm not telling anybody how to feel. That's not what I'm here to do. Um, but I definitely think that this is something that's at the forefront that as a community, we need to kind of try and think through um, because I don't want to just start sending everybody to jail. Not saying they don't deserve jail time. I'm not here to defend them. But what I'm saying is be a little bit more strategic maybe in sending them to jail. Don't let it be known right off the bat. You need to go to jail. Like yeah. I said, not telling you how to feel, but I want to hear more and more people come out, whether they were right or wrong, and discuss these topics for us to become more aware, more alert, um, for us to know how these things kind of work, and ultimately for us to shift and change the culture and not see those kind of acts happen. Um, but now that the NFL, we're talking about the NFL a bit, um, it's playoff season. I'm happy about that. Wild card weekend was pretty good. Um, who you got? Let's let's just start there. Who you got? Who you going for to win Rams, it all this year? Rams. CJ <laughs> Anderson. Early. Yeah, yeah. Rams. I, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm definitely there with you. CJ Anderson, um, him being from our hometown, being a good friend of ours, we definitely want to see him bring his second ring back to our city, bring a second ring back to the neighborhood we grew up in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm definitely, and also, and also, even though I lost in the championship, I lost in the championship of my fantasy league this year. Me I haven't too. really brought that back up. It. Yeah, we both, we both made, made it. it. We both lost. 
I lost. I didn't have Gurley. So, I mean, and CJ bought out. And the guy that I was playing against was very strategic and picked up CJ. Didn't even play him. He left him on his bench, but he just wow. went and picked up all the best running backs that were available because I was kind of sitting there like, huh, is Gurley going to play? Is he not going to play? Because that was it ended very up being strategic a, on his Yeah, part. it was a game-time decision. He goes and he picks up all the running backs just in case Gurley didn't play. And sure enough, two hours before the game, Gurley doesn't play. I go to go pick up a running back, and they're all on his roster on the bench. Smart move. I'll, I'll take that L. I took the L in that case. Um, but Gurley, definitely, he's he's a lock on my fantasy league team. Had him last year. He was my lock to come back this year. He'll obviously be my lock to come back next year. So outside of just how good he is, personally, I'm becoming a lot more of a fan of Todd Gurley because he's won yeah, me some me money. Too. He's me won. Too. This is my second year in the championship, and the top three players in our league uh, win money. And so for me, hey, Gurley's won me a lot of money over these past couple years. So I'm a fan. If there's anything out there that'll make me a fan, it's winning me some money. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm there with you on the Rams. Obviously, the Chiefs and the Chargers are in it. Right, Can't stand right. them. I'm a Raider fan. Don't want to see that happen. Um, but, yeah, I'd have to go with the Rams. Um, but there's a couple things surrounding the playoffs this year that caught my interest. Um, I don't want to run any of you away that I just tried to reel in at the beginning of this episode saying that we don't talk about on-the-field production. So there's a couple things I want to talk about. The first thing, and, and they actually – are going to kind of correlate based on some discussions that we've had here on this podcast before that we didn't necessarily agree on. But um, first off, the highest paid position, as we all know, in the NFL is the quarterback. Um, An interesting statistic that I saw coming into the playoffs was that the top six highest paid quarterbacks in the league did not make it to the playoffs this year. I thought that That's was crazy. I thought that was very interesting. That's crazy. I thought it was interesting on a lot of levels. Cam Newton. Um, it was Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Uh, it was Derek Carr. Mm. Um, I think it was Matt Ryan uh, from the Atlanta Falcons. It was a few others. Uh, yeah. I don't have the picture handy right now, but I know I have it somewhere in here. But I, I they saw didn't make it, it either, though, right? Carolina, no, it, no, they was terrible. Carolina they didn't make it. it. He might be one second, of the. Yeah. He might be one of the people he on that list. On there, he he yeah. definitely might be one of the people on that list. I'm not saying that he's not, but I definitely know. They stunk um, oh, the hell oh, up um, the second half of the uh, season. Garoppolo, Jimmy yeah. G got paid nice <laughs> over the offseason from That's the 49ers. Sick. He didn't make it to the playoffs. So yeah, there's definitely a few really high, well, six really high paid quarterbacks that didn't make it to the playoffs. I think it's interesting. First off, because. That's kind of just shock, shocking and surprising, being that we put so much emphasis on the quarterback position in the sport. But I also think that it's the best thing that could happen for the sport, in my opinion. The reason why I think it's the best thing that can happen to the sport is because it shows the importance and the significance of other positions in the league. Mm -hmm. And I think you want to have a full, complete team to be able to go out there and win games, get to the playoffs, win championships, etc., etc. The more players that you're interested in, the more players that are producing, the better off the NFL is. If we're strictly worried about the quarterback, I don't think that's a good thing for the NFL because if that's all we're putting our marbles into, what if they don't make it to the top to the playoffs like those top six highest-paid quarterbacks did not do if this year? If you had to say so in the NFL – 
to run the NFL, who would you pay? What, what, what position would you pay the most to? No, I would still pay the most to the quarterback. Okay. But okay. what I'm saying is, with the NFL going through all the things that it's going through, and I also think that it supports what me and you debated about and have been debating about, is that these players in the NFL need to make more money. Yeah. Not just because of the injuries, but because obviously you need other guys to produce outside of the quarterback for your team to be successful mm -hmm. because the top six highest paid quarterbacks did not make it to the playoffs this year. So mm -hmm. I think it shines more of a light and puts more of an emphasis on these other positions that are very important for a team to have success that is kind of being placed under the radar because we put so much emphasis and so much significance on a quarterback position, which if I, if I just have to say this, in a league that's 70% African-American, of all positions, the quarterback position is where there's not a majority of African-Americans. So I think that matters a lot, too. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I compare the NFL a lot to the NBA, especially because both leagues are majority African-American as well. I think there's a correlation there. But you look at the NBA. I think the NBA is in a really good place in space right now. I remember a few years back when all of these guys start getting paid all this big time money and getting paid these significant contracts. A lot of people were complaining. A lot of people felt some type of way because they felt guys weren't getting were getting paid more money than they deserved. But ultimately, I think it reflected good upon the league because now there's guys that didn't get those big paychecks that are putting in insane amounts of work and are dedicating themselves insanely to the sport to be able to get that paycheck right right so it's making the quality of the game better mm -hmm. i think the same goes for the nfl if they start paying these guys in other positions it'll happen obviously soon. it'll happen obviously soon. the Le'Veon bell situation i think soon. that's probably one we definitely could do you put on agree a pedestal we're on pace for it to see that happen very soon absolutely yeah, absolutely happens. it has to happen and i think because the nfl put themselves in position to where they're not a fan favorite anymore they're yeah. not they're they're under a lot of criticism scrutiny. right now under it's a not lot just of scrutiny. yeah That's it's not word. just like oh i'm happy to play for the nfl it's like no i'm not gonna be a victim of y'all mistreating me absolutely yeah, we, we got absolutely for sure so with the scrutiny that the nfl is under i think that this correlates well Another point I want to make: Sean Payton, coach, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> boss. I res I like I always liked him as a coach. Yeah, he is a really Sean good Payton coach. Is a good Sean coach. Payton is a really good coach. But this is what he did at practice this week. He goes into the locker room and he has two items. One item is the Vince Lombardi Trophy, which is the trophy that you win when you win Super the Super Bowl. Bowl. Mm -hmm. The other item was $250,000. He went chicken. in there, he showed those papers, both of those, I mean, his, he showed his players both of those items, and he said, now go out there and win, and three, win games. three games, and both of these will be yours. Now, I don't have a problem with what he did by any means, but I do also think that that speaks to how important money is becoming for these players in the NFL. But it's like 250000 for the whole team? <laughs> <laughs> no, each, they each get bonuses. Uh, right. So, so, so I think what he was getting at is That's each one of you will win. If you win the Super Bowl, you'll get $250,000 worth of bonuses right. for winning the Super Bowl. Not for them all to split. Yeah. But what I'm saying is the fact that he used money as the incentive for them to go out and win three games, I think speaks volumes to not only 
where the sport is as far as business is concerned, yeah. but how passionate those players do really feel about, about making more money, about about making more more money, money and yeah. getting more money and kind of not making enough money. And that's why we're seeing a lot of them put up that, this fight. Like, I said split up because I was thinking like that I wouldn't assume that each player would get the same yeah, you all get, everybody get bonuses. You know what I, mean? yeah. I, I get that, but yeah. I wouldn't assume that it will all be same. I would think yeah. certain significance. If, if, and certain it, no things, team, there's there's bonuses that each player gets as a team. Like if regardless if you don't play a lick, but you're on that roster, right, right. you get a bonus if your team advances. So if you continue to advance, those players do get bonuses. I just right. thought because you like, thought it was just kind of crazy that not even crazy, but you thought it was just. Like it for just, rich people, it, it, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for, it just for people, and I say that with air quotes, right? It just kind of proved, people. though, like you said, it kind of proved that you know, two hundred that wouldn't be a thing some years back, where no. it's like the coach two hundred fifty, but it's like y'all really want this extra chicken? It's an incentive yeah. right here. You feel Go me? On it. top of this trophy, Go, Go get, get that in this, and, and, and the, the trophy used to be enough. Absolutely, yeah. and. I, I thought about it from a perspective of the M- the MLB. I thought about it from a, uh, the perspective of the NBA. Two sports that we perceive players to be making a lot of money in. I don't think you'll see a coach do that in the NBA playoffs no. or in the no. MLB playoffs. No. So, once again, I think it speaks to the NFL and the mentality of these players like, y'all and think why the page I want this extra want bread this ex- right exactly Win three games. exactly um, I think it speaks so volumes to somewhere. that 250k I, yeah it speaks <laughs> volumes to that D boy it speaks volumes Damn, to that that's so cool. that's how I, I know I think a little twisted and some people might have not thought that deep into it but I'm like damn these dudes really are out here they're putting up the fight which I'm happy about and I respect but for a coach to do that. I think that he definitely had a mission and he was cognitive um, of what he was doing when he did it. But I also don't think that he was as cognitive as he thought he was. I think he was just amped up and really trying to get his guys motivated. But I don't think as far as like the politics of the sport is concerned, and I can be dead wrong here, I don't think he was thinking that deep into it like what the NBA is making or what the MLB is making in comparison to what his 53 guys are out there making. He may have been, and that definitely could have been a calculated move that he made. I just don't 100% think so. I think it was a lot more of I'm hearing these guys say they want to make more money they think they deserve and they think that they should earn more money. Well, here's a way to go do that. And even I don't after, think he's making the comparisons we're making right now. Even after seeing your point of view, I still, I mean, I know you made it clear you don't think he's wrong. I still don't think he's wrong either. I mean, if that's something that's instilled and in state to go win that bonus and yeah. do that, then <laughs> Remind them. Use whatever yeah. motivation you can. Sometimes, yeah. you feel me, add a little bonus on it. It ain't just the trophy. You feel me? You're getting some extra. It's an extra payday. Yeah. It's just like that, working. That can lead to more payday. Yeah, it's like working a job with commission or and knowing that after you do, you know what I mean, hit 50 sales and you're going to get an accelerated right. bonus or whatever. It's right. like three more wins and it's going to be tacked on to your already salary. So, I mean, I think definitely if somebody looks as deep as to how you've seen it, definitely a little interesting. But other than that, I think it's fair game and completely fine what he did. Absolutely. So next up, we got the Taking L segment. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. 
And we're back. And uh, we got the Take an L segment coming up here right now. Um, we gave you the women, the winning formula on how to kind of just methodically get through some of the nastiness that has been a huge topic this week with the whole R. Kelly docuseries that came about. Um, I'm repeating this once again. We were not here to tell you all how to think. Um, we were just totally trying to methodically think through things. It's part of the reason why I wasn't quick to go to Twitter when I saw the docuseries. Um, I, I just didn't do that because I wanted to really sit down and think about some things. And quite frankly, I have the privilege right here on this podcast um, to have the platform to be able to thoroughly speak through some of the things that I took away from the docuseries, which I know everybody doesn't have. Um, but I just felt like there was a larger thing at stake as far as what went down, how to cope with what went, with what went down, at least how I'm coping with what went down and really being able to express that to you all on how to try to methodically get through it to ultimately change this culture instead of maybe having too many feelings or too many uh, emotions involved mm -hmm. to where we go on a defense mode and we're not really coming together as a unit to make this thing happen because I think it's strength and the wrong and the right people. I think it's strength and victims being able to come together with people who may be on the guilty side to ultimately try and just get rid of this entire culture as a whole. Um, it may be a long time before that ever happens. It may not ever happen. But if we continue to make progress, I just think if you're a human, that's what you want to see happen um, is just not to have this rape culture, Facts. this sexual misconduct culture, Facts. this pedophilia culture Facts. to exist. I just don't want to see it at all. So I'm willing to kind of reach to more than just the people who have never committed these hideous crimes or more to just the people who have assisted in committing these hideous crimes because those other people who have committed these crimes that may now see that they're wrong, I don't want to just condemn them and say, hey, go to jail. <laughs> right, right. I want, I want to encourage them to continue to speak on it. I'm not defending them. I'm not saying they don't deserve jail time, but I want to encourage them to continue to speak on it. And I want others who haven't yet spoken to be encouraged to speak on these types of things so that it lays out a clear picture for us on what's right, what's wrong, how not to go about these things, and how to make things better. Um, I think we also gave you a winning formula um, on what Sean Payton did, um, on reasons why these NFL guys should be making more money. Um, you had Khalil Mack, who put up a fight to make more money. You had Todd Gurley, who I don't know if this was a coincidence or not, but he made comments before the season started saying that, those NBA guys are making more money than the NFL guys, and he wasn't happy about it. And then about a week after, he, he ended up contract. getting a fat contract. Obviously, D-Boy, you and I have went at it over the whole Le'Veon Bell situation and him not coming to an agreement right. on signing the contract. And now seeing what Sean Payton came out and did, um, I just thought it was interesting 
that he shined, that he put so much importance and so much significance on $250,000 for these players to go out and using that as an incentive Money is the for motive. these players to go out and win that Super Bowl. I just thought that it was a correlation there. Um, but now we're here. It's the Take an L segment. D-Boy, what you got for us? Oh, man. Taking L's this week. Taking L's. For one, I want to know, are you familiar with a guy named Cody Parkey? I'm not. Exactly. I don't think a lot of listeners are familiar with Cody Parkey. And he's taking L's, in my opinion, this week for two reasons. The first reason is because I watched this man, mind you, Kickers in the NFL don't get a lot of shine shine the light oh, up on them <laughs> unless it comes down to, you know, the last portion of the game when things yeah. are closed generally within three or less and the kicker really matters. One game stood out to me this season, which I didn't watch a lot of NFL half due to me not being a fan of the NFL as a whole and it just not being as entertaining to me as basketball right now in my opinion which is the sport i watch the most secondly because i just was busy a lot and i i followed fantasy a lot on my phone more so than i did watch games and i think a lot of people could agree with that now to go back to cody parkey let me inform you and enlighten you on who he is cody parkey is the kicker for the Chicago Bears, yeah, who had a relatively that. good season. Some could call it a great season, 12 and whatever, finished, you know, uh, very, I mean, with the additions that they got this year, one of my favorite players and one of the biggest losses from the Raiders, Khalil Mack being added to them, among some other things, they had a very strong season. But I personally watched the game earlier this season I want to say November um, of this past year, 2018, and I watched Cody Parkey miss not one, not two, not three, but four field goals in a game. <laughs> in one game. Yeah. To the point where I was surprised that the coach rocked with him for that long. I knew he had to either be a veteran or have some kind of status because I think anybody else would have got, got pulled. I mean, four right. missed field goals in one game. What was crazy to me is after the second or third missed field goal, he changed his shoe. He said that one of the shoes felt too tight, whoop-de-whoop. He changed his shoe and then went to miss another field goal. <laughs> so he was already out of there in my book. Right, right. So for me to know, I didn't see the game once again this past weekend, but for me to know that Cody Parkey was the man who missed the field goal. Yeah. 40 something yard, like 42, 40 yards, somewhere around yeah. there. Something for, he should have made. Yeah, yeah. Something that he should have made. With the game on the line for the win, he missed it. He boofed. Yes, That's he what we call it. He boofed. <laughs> yes, he did. To his credit or to his defense, one thing I did read up, it was hard in the videos that I seen, but one thing that I did read up on is that. It appears that uh, one of the defenders on the opposing team did tip it. I'm okay. not sure if you knew that, but that I heard helps. that a little piece of a hand got on the ball, which we all know with the trajectory of a football, any little piece or tip or deflection could change the whole I mean, trajectory. That, that hit it, right off the goalpost. It goal hit right post off the goalpost. And so, yeah. like I said, if a hand did get on it, which they seem to confirm through the other team that it was a hand on it, then not so bad. But like I said, after watching you personally miss four in the game, change your shoes, still miss one, and then miss one to go, you know, to, you know, extend your season and go further into the playoffs, 
You got to take an L in my book. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. And the Bears took an L, and the Eagles are moving right mm-hmm. along. Cody um, Parkey. For me, honestly, I didn't think too deep to it this week as far as taking L's is concerned, uh, quite frankly, because I didn't want to. Um, I'm giving it to R. Kelly. I mean, it's just yeah. simple. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when Parky, it was Kelly. So, I'm yeah. giving it to R. Kelly. And reason being is obviously I was sickened by a lot of what I heard. Um, I have a lot of reason to believe a lot of what I heard. Um, it's just nasty all the way around. It's just It just didn't make me feel good. Um, like I said, I do want to salute Dream Hampton. The production was so good that I binge watched all six episodes. I wasn't one of those people that watched it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think she was doing like two episodes per night. Um, they were premiering on Lifetime. That was the network they premiered on. But when I watched it, I binge watched it. I watched it from pretty much beginning to end. And so that speaks a lot about the production because there's a lot of documentaries and a lot of docu-series that I didn't make it through an episode. So salute to her for that. But obviously, she laid it out better than I could even sit here and try to talk about and lay it out as far as R. Kelly is concerned. Um, As a fan of Aaliyah, I was definitely disgusted in hearing that he illegally married her and that him and his tour manager did have that paperwork filed again i'm happy that the tour manager actually came out and spoke spoke against it by no means am i trying to say that he was right as far as the action that he did and i think him coming out and speaking out against it alone is part of him having to deal with the consequences of that Um, But I'd rather him come out and say it than not say it and us be blind to it and us not to have this light shone upon what R. Kelly has been doing or what others may be out there doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like I said, for me, it's simple. I don't want to sit here and and talk about the entire docuseries. I would advise all of you that may have not gotten the opportunity to watch it to go watch it. I think um, it's, it's a lot of layers to it. I think it was a lot of layers to it, and I think that's very important. I'm happy to see, even though, you know, I didn't criticize, but even though I did discuss a lot of the emotion that I saw put out there, a lot of criticism that I saw put out there, um, whether I agreed or disagreed with some of it or none of it or all of it, I'm happy that it's out there more Mm -hmm. than anything. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that people are coming out and people are coming and speaking out against um, pedophilia, against rape culture, against all of this stuff. Like I said, I know a lot of this is still alleged because R. Kelly hasn't been proven guilty of anything. But the way that docuseries was produced, the way that docuseries was laid out, the way, like I said, the layers involved in the docuseries, I think that Dream Hampton did a phenomenal job in exposing the great R&B singer, unfortunately. Right, right. (laughs) Because that's probably leading to a lot of what he's been able to get away with, um, is that he is a great R&B singer, probably the greatest of all time. Um, But yeah, R. Kelly, he's got to go. Um, and he's taking an L, in my opinion. And he might be taking L's long term. Yeah, and I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, Next up, I want to do a bonus segment. Uh, I put out a hot take on Twitter, and a lot of people had a lot to say to me about it. Let's get to it. I'm excited about this. And, yeah, I got to sit here and defend myself. So keep it locked. We'll be right back. And uh, stay woke because I got some things to say.
Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. So this is the first ever bonus segment we've ever had here on this podcast. Um, many of you that do listen to this podcast, you know. You listen to um, history. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> first yeah. of all. Um, but, you know, we do usually end with the Take a Nail segment. Um, and we, we've played around and moving that segment around. But for the most part, since we've been doing Taking Nails, we usually end the episode with that. Um, but today, that's just not going to be the case. And reason being was um, I put out a tweet last week. And it got a lot. Well, actually, it wasn't even last week now. It was a little while before that, but it was around the time where the holidays were coming up. So we never really got to talk about it here on the podcast. And last week, um, I just didn't get to it for whatever reason. But I'm going to talk about it and discuss it here today because a lot of people reacted to it. And so I got to defend myself here. And the tweet reads, and I quote, hot take. I think I'll take James Harden over Prime D-Wade. Now, first and foremost, let me say that I think Dwayne Wade is a phenomenal player. I think he's a great player. When I made that statement, I was not by any means trying to take away from Dwayne Wade's greatness. Let me also say, I don't believe that I was being a prisoner in the moment when I made that statement. The reason that I made that statement, some of it is bias for sure. And the reason why I say some of it is bias is because I think James Harden has gotten to the point where he has mastered the game of basketball. Not saying Dwayne Wade didn't, but I just think in a different way, James Harden has gotten to the point where as an individual basketball player, he's mastered the game. Um, We've seen what he's been able to do scoring-wise. He's doing things that we've never seen before scoring-wise. Obviously, he passes it well. He rebounds it well. And I think he's become – I'm not going to sit here and necessarily say that he's the best player in basketball, but I think he's become the most dominant player in basketball. And I don't think that was all the case. Like, I still think LeBron's probably the best. You could definitely make an argument for Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. Um, And I'm not sitting here saying that Harden is. But I think there's a difference between being dominant and being the best. Um, Shaq, obviously, was a player that was very dominant. And we're used to putting that tag amongst big men who usually master high percentage shots, being able to score it inside, et cetera. Right. I think what Harden has been able to do with the change of the game, with rule changes, with the changes being in the favor of the offense, to me, I think those changes were actually good for the game, first and foremost. And I think Harden has made the best transition in being able to bring those changes to the forefront as to why they were necessary. And he's mastered the game with those changes happening. I also want to say, yes, I did say it was a hot take. So me saying that it was a hot take, I obviously knew that it would, one, get a reaction, and that, two, you can debate that Dwayne Wade is the better player. D-Boy, I don't know how you necessarily you feel about out. that statement. Find out. But I'm just you, telling I'm excited. you. But I'm just telling you, for me, with, this, with heart and scoring ability, um, with his shooting ability, Um, With what he's been able to do with the game, he's doing some things I've never seen before. And quite frankly, I call him Kobe-esque. 
I'm not saying he's better than Kobe by any means because he's not, but he's doing what I deem to be Kobe-esque type things, things that I saw out of Kobe uh, as far as mastering the nah, game is concerned. Nah, I, I mean, so I definitely don't think about Kobe when uh, I watch James Harden play. I don't, I don't feel like it's really similarities there, but I do agree with you overall in the grand scheme of things, and what I mean by that is I personally would take you your hot take was that you would take yeah. James Harden over Dwayne Wade. Absolutely. I agree with that. And it's for a few reasons. Um and I'll start with Dwayne Wade. Like I said, not any knock on Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade had a great career, is having a great career. He's on the tail end of it now. He's doing a going away tour similar to what Kobe did and I think a few other players. But uh Dwayne Wade to me even in the grand scheme of how good he is and how good he was in his prime and all of this, I never looked at Dwayne Wade as the guy. And yes, he played alongside some great people, some of the greatest people in the world. You just mentioned Shaq, yeah. where he won a championship with, and LeBron James, where he won a couple of championships. He yeah, got three, he won, right? Yeah, he got three, yeah. So all of the times that I watched Dwayne Wade win – a championship, I feel like it was with a more dominant force alongside him. I never seen him as the guy, even though he played on some great teams, great basketball IQ, definitely maybe not have won the championship without him being a part of these Absolutely. teams. I'm Absolutely. not taking away from what he contributed. Right. But and, and like I said, this might not be understood because James Harden doesn't even have a championship. Right. But when, when we say take somebody, I think of building a team around it. And then James Harden's prime over Dwayne Wade's prime, I think that I I have a better chance with James Harden. Yeah. Because of, like you said, the shooting ability, which I think is a little bit better. Definitely Dwayne Wade was finesse. He was, you know, flash, all of that. But James Harden just hones a little bit more skills. I think the one-up that uh, that uh, Dwayne Wade has is defense. Absolutely. He has better defense. And, and I'm glad you said that. And I'm glad you said that because Dwayne Wade was definitely a phenomenal defender. Right. Um, and Dwayne Wade was a phenomenal athlete as well. Yeah. And I also want to kind of bring myself into this and say that I was a player that was not known as the greatest athlete on any of the teams that smart. I played for. Yeah. I was a very you know smart where to be, player. You knew how to read the trajectory of the ball, I rebounds. Knew, uh, yeah, I, know. I, I knew how to beat people to spots that I was slower than. Right. I knew how to I knew how to make the athletic players jump up in the air and block absolutely nothing with my footwork or with a pump fake or with a step through. I knew how to play great help deep. I just knew I just knew the game better than the majority of my point of, of my opponents. And I was a huge contributor to a lot of winning teams. I've won a lot more basketball in my lifetime than I've lost. And I mm -hmm. contributed to a lot of those teams in a major way and winning those games, not because I was the Flash, which we right, all know right. is the nickname of right. Dwayne Wade, or because I was the highest jumper in the gym or any of those things. Um, so that definitely can play into what I think mm -hmm. about James Harden. Um, and, and not no, saying not, he's not an athlete because James Harden is right. very they athletic just know as well, has had but a he's not known career. for that. Yeah, yeah. And no knock to, uh, no knock to you know the opponents that Dwayne Wade played against or any of the teams. But I also personally think that 
if the Golden State Warriors didn't have this team in place that they have, that James Harden might have a championship as well. Absolutely. You, and, you know what I and, mean? So. And, and if LeBron James and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade didn't have the team that they had in place, mm-hmm. he might he have two right championships too, so. with, with, the, with the OKC Thunder. Yeah, um, yeah he was and, right and, there. And another thing you mentioned was Dwayne Wade playing with those other guys, winning the championship alongside Shaq. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the two that he won with LeBron James and company, Chris Bosh, obviously, right. another star that was there. Now, that first championship, I do want to give Dwayne Wade his credit. And like I said, he contributed car- to them all. Yeah, no, no, no. The first the championship, he carried the load. Mm-hmm. He was the guy um, when he won it all with Shaq. But still, Shaq's dominance, presence, Shaq's that, presence, yeah, yeah. Shaq having already been the four NBA finals, mm-hmm. Shaq knew how to help you know, lead yeah, I, Dwayne Wade and being I was able to dominate that in that, that moment. I'm not going to let just the championships decipher my opinion Absolutely. on why I'm choosing this. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I think, I some think, very, some of the best that you can have alongside to help you win a championship. Yeah, I think know, Dwayne Wade um, or not. I think Dwayne Wade had a lot of like mainstream accomplishments for people to think that, oh yeah, I'm taking a champion over an MVP because obviously right, James Harden right. has been an MVP. It's kind of like radio versus podcasting. Mm-hmm, like Dwayne mm-hmm, Wade mm-hmm. was a champion, so obviously right. that's going to put him on a pedestal. But it's not more golden content. There we go. There we go. Yeah, with that Dwayne Wade also did play alongside somebody like Shaq. He did play along somebody like LeBron James. He's more of a fan favorite, I guess, for these reasons. For sure, for and, sure. And one thing those were mainstream know, guys too. And to you know to to no knock on James Harden, but I do I do not enjoy the amount of free throws that the man shoots per game. Yeah, but, but that's, that comes with his craft and his skill. You can't help but, but back to, to that's back to the that's back to the radio versus podcast. Right, right, right. It, I mean. it, same James same result, Harden, different effect. Though, he's a lot know, more yeah. strategic. Uh-huh. If you listen to a radio show, me having been been a radio host, and believe me, I love that. I mean, there's not too many better jobs in the world right, than being right. able to wake up and have a three hour, three hour talk radio show. But on the radio show, we had to, and obviously mine's being right here in Portland. It was the Blazers. It was it was the strategically Ducks. laid out. It was strategically laid out for us. A lot of it was. Now that's not to say as hosts we couldn't beef it up and we couldn't methodically change and things around and put our twist on those topics. But we were talking about the same things that every other radio show in the market was talking about and discussing right. because right. we were here in this market. We had to be the creatives and figure out how to flip things to make our show unique. And I think we did a very good job in doing that. But with podcasting, as you mentioned, you get the gold. You get more of you get more it's of the more mastery. It's more, it's more. It's more uncut. It's more of the mastery. It's more dialed in to certain things that may be more specific to certain people, and mm-hmm. you have a wider range of things to be able to dial into. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Harden. One thing that he dials into is his ability to get to the line. I think he's dialed into many other things as well, and that's not to say that Wade didn't. But that's just kind of my comparison. Is like with the podcast. You can take it so many directions, especially with the industry going in the direction that it's going in, that I tend to like listening to podcasts more than I like listening to radio shows because I kind of know what I'm going to get. I know that I can't get 
Like you said, I can't get the uncut material in radio, a lot having to do with FCC laws and rules and regulations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That in itself blocks some of what radio hosts can do. But with a podcast, I know we can get into that mix a lot more and in a way that just a radio show or a mainstream network or anything to that sort just can't do <laughs> and that's why I've, I've been podcasting before radio and i'm still podcasting now because my heart has always been here yes i do still love radio i do still enjoy radio i do still listen to radio because i'm just that in love with the content but i definitely do see and have experience the distinct differences between the two and so i i, I consider james harden to be like a podcast and and dwayne way to be a radio, radio. so I i'm think going that's for the big easiest. game james harden. <laughs> yeah. love you, D -Wade. yeah thank you for everything but yeah it's a big game yeah I, I love how i love how harden has been and able real to quick, dissect the game real quick to do what he's <clears> real doing. quick breaking news i follow eton thomas due to finding out about him absolutely and uh, he just posted as we're doing this podcast that R. Kelly made his first appearance last night since the breaking story. Uh -huh. And uh, it was sold out at the event and women were screaming, take me hostage. Oh, Which yeah. leads back to your point about it being so so normalized, yeah. I guess, that people are yeah. still, whether it's joking, whether some of them damn near might really mean it, that Absolutely. even in the sickness of how we feel about it and how most people feel, you still got people begging for him <laughs> to take, It's you not know. clicking for so, everybody. And, and that's that's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah it's not clicking for everybody. I just to throw that fun fact out there that's not so fun. Absolutely. D-Boy, tell them where to find you. I know you got a show coming up. Let them know what you got going on. Yes, yes, yes. I will be performing on Friday uh, tomorrow at the Wild Hall, the famous Wild Hall in Eugene. So by the time y'all tap into this tomorrow, just know I will be performing that day at the Wild Hall um, tomorrow night alongside Neff the Pharaoh and many other talented artists. You can find me with uh, on my socials, Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram, all at DboyLTD with an I, not a Y. Uh, go stream my latest projects on all music platforms and continue to enjoy this podcast. And you can find me, Pounce underscore Sation. Um, definitely check me out. Um, and a quick side note, it is my birthday in two days. And all I ask for y'all to do, I don't want no presents. I don't want no gifts. I don't want y'all to spend no money. All I want you to do is tell a friend. And Easy. then when you tell that friend, tell them to tell a friend about this podcast right here. And please believe on Saturday <laughs> in two days from now, when all the attention is on me because it's my birthday, I'll remind you there too on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, all that. Because it's your day, is to tell a friend, to tell a friend. You only get one a year. <laughs> you, only get, you only get one a year. So be sure to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your folks about this podcast. Um, be sure to give us your feedback on this podcast. And we appreciate you for always coming back to check us out. If you're a first-time listener, we appreciate you for coming and checking us out. And hopefully you come back as well and uh, join this community and join what it is that we're creating week in and week out. With that being said, we're leaving y'all the only way that we know how. And that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. win.